When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Coaches Network, bringing the game together. Is it going to go away? No. Are we going to do something about it? I hope so. Are fans going to, well, when they eventually come back into the stadium, are they going to start doing that again? I hope not. The Coaches Network, bringing the game together. Now listen to the Coaches Network, a podcast aiming to bring people at the heart of coach and player development together. My name is Coach Yas, a UEFA A licensed, FA Advanced Youth Award and FA Goalkeeper B licensed coach. With over 10 years of experience working in youth football from grassroots right through to Premier League academies, I'm currently operating as an affiliate tutor for the FA alongside working towards a Masters in Performance Football Coaching. Today I'm going to be joined by my co-host and the Coaches Network Analysis Specialist, Coach Ben. Ben is a UEFA A licensed coach who holds the FA Youth Award and a Masters in Sports Coaching, with 10 years of experience including working across the male and female youth development pathways, alongside a vast experience on individual, player and team performance analysis. And as part of our Insight series, we'll be joined by a range of individuals working across multiple disciplines within the coaching world in order to explore their journeys and dig deeper into their experiences so that we can leave you with some golden nuggets to help you reach your full potential. Right, guys, welcome back to the Coaches Network. My name's Coach Yas, and today I've got a very special guest with me, former Arsenal and England defender, Sol Campbell. Good evening, Sol. How are you today? Good evening, yes. Um... I'm looking good. I'm feeling good. Uh, working hard. You know, that's what you've got to do. You've got to count your blessings in this type of environment and, you know, get what you can and, and look after it and, and cherish things. Brilliant. So, so I just want to take you, you know, just before we get into the real hard discussion, just the back of, you know, your playing journey a little bit, you know, just, you mm. know, just go through a few things around, you know, how you got into football in the first place. Um, and where you know what some of the key experiences and for you were throughout your journey and your key takings from that. You know, before we move on to the whole coaching aspect of things. Well, my you know my 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 playing is a simple beginnings. It's simple, um, you know, on from the streets playing football on the streets or jumping over the uh, school gates and playing football every day with my friends. Um, uh, or playing in the back garden, uh, or playing over my local uh, park, uh, or, my, or, or sometimes playing football in the flats. And each <laughs> you had two two lifts, so each lift was a goal, and you you do one and ones or two and twos in in, in flats. Um, so it, it's simple beginnings for me, and just love of the game and, and wanting to kind of. Always wanted to, you know, play to win. Wanted to win the game, and and uh, even if it's like a two aside or eleven aside, um, but uh, with skill in there, um, 
uh, and real character. Because sometimes characters like you, you, you sometimes will come against you know you're I don't know maybe you're nine years old, but you might have to you might have to play against a twelve year old. You know, so you got to work out how to how to kind of um, overcome that with skill, with tenacity, with knowing how to use your body against a, a stronger opponent and, and, and when the moment opens up to capitalize it and all those things you learn off the streets and things like that, you know, when, when to go for something or when, or when to kind of say, you know what, let's back off and, and leave it alone. So I learned a lot from the streets and street football, you know. And just, you know, kind of building up, you know, in and around the East London area, um, eventually, you know, went on to play for Tottenham, um, and then made a what some would argue is a a big controversial move, you know, across North London over to Arsenal. What was that? What was that like? And you know, and what what was it that attracted you from leaving Spurs to go over to Arsenal in the first place? You know, I think for me, because it you know it happened such a such a long time ago. You kind of get to the stage that is um you don't you know is. It's almost in my back of my head. Obviously, you know, winning things were great and things like that. But you, you have to remember, I was 25. I was, you know, 46 now. Um, it's for me. It's all about moving forward. The, the, you know, it was a, a big move then. But I was, you know, I was very successful as well with the move. I think people have to realize how successful I was when I moved. Um, and that's the thing. I, I just remember the good stuff, you know. There's obviously there's obviously some things that are unsavory, um, but um, I just concentrate on the good stuff. Um, the football I played, uh, the players I the high, the world class players I I trained and played with, uh, the environment that you know uh, encouraged excellence, mm-hmm. um, and you know pushed me forward as a as a not only just a footballer but a human being and. And meeting like-minded players uh, who 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 would football was everything for them, you know. It wasn't a, it wasn't a second thing. It was like the first thing and the only thing. And to be in that environment with all that type of mentality around you, you can only grow. You either get scared and say, "Oh, it's too much for me," or you just say, "Give me this is what I've been waiting for for the for you know all my life. I've been waiting for a moment to be in this type of environment." And just just on that, you know, you talked there about you know training and playing with players at world class, um, and, and arguably one of the best managers in history of football as well. What kind of influences that have on you as an as an individual, as a player, and you know, as we start to move further down this conversation as a coach. Mm. Well, obviously, for me, I I enjoyed you know the the, the organisation of it and uh, and you know the um, the clean lighting. You know, it was it was um, it was kind of all, all mapped out, and um, you you just had to bring your skill. Who you are, who you, who you are, who you are as a as a human being, your character, and and uh, and that's what I wanted. I wanted organisation in my play, in, in not not in my own play, but as a team. You know, as a team, you slot in, you do your job, and you, and like you're part of that uh, machine, that that that, that well old machine. And uh, I love being in that type of environment when you when the players you, you know what 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 you got to do. Uh, everybody's got great attitude. Um, everybody, you know, are playing to win. Um, 
and you know it, the training is all is second to none. It's all high level, and and for me, for someone who 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 thrives on high level, on the edge type of um, consistency football, I loved it, and it wasn't it was a problem for me because my brain capacity and who I was and where I where I am as a as a human being, I loved it. And I think just on that note, then you know, when did coaching start to become a thing for you? Obviously, you know, you moved to Arsenal around age twenty-five. You know, you, you still went on to play a number of years for Arsenal, all Portsmouth, Newcastle, mm. and you know, a brief spell at Notts County as well. When did coaching start to become, I guess, uh, a direction for you to kind of put set your sights on, or was it always in the back of your mind from early on that you know, I might want to go into that after my career, career as a player is done? Coaching for me started to kick in uh, about 30, 31. And I got a, I got a potential kind of offer to kind of move as a player coach. Thinking back now, probably, I don't know, I don't know, maybe, maybe I should have take, taken that opportunity to be a player coach at 30, 31. But I wasn't ready. I wasn't done. I wasn't done. You know, I wasn't done. You know, you know, I left Arsenal, uh, you know, I came back to Arsenal, won the FA Cup with, with, uh, with uh, Portsmouth. You know, I had a great time. So, you know, maybe if I'd have gone to this club as a player coach, that, that might not have happened, you know? So, I don't know, hearsay, not hearsay, um, you know, you, 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 uh, it, hypothetically, it could be anything. You know, you could have, it could have turned out in a different way. But for me, about 30, 31, it started to creep in and... Um, uh, and I started to look at uh, how 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 I looked after myself, uh, how I started to look at other players, and and and, and obviously you see the younger ones coming up and see the attitude and see the skill and and sometimes you know it was interesting that you know the, the, the lack of there'll be lack of skill but then there'll be you know really players really going for it or you know, it'll be a mixture and it's good to have that as 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 a player because I wasn't really worried about that you know, 25 or 20, I was about scoring goals or defending or doing good games. But as you get older, you start to mature. Some of us start to mature and want to create and and it starts seeping in and soaking in and you start to look at managing in a different way. It's just maturity. It's all about maturity. You know, that is a natural progression for me to coach, to use use my mind to use my my the skill I've had from you know playing days it was a natural and I'm a leader I like to manage I find it very comfortable to manage and um and I love putting things together I'm very organized I like to kind of work out things uh I'm lovely at strategy and all that kind of stuff and so and I love scoring goals and I love turning, tweaking players and moving players around to kind of, you know, I think you're going to be really good in this position. And then seeing that happen and you see your vision, you see, you see, look, I, one of the things I love is, is to see a player who's playing in one position and they've been playing for, I don't know, maybe four or five years. And you know what? If you just go there, I think this is for you. And I like that. And you, you kind of change their career within like almost six months. Yeah. Just, and just, just on that, then, you, know, you talked there about you know, your, your ideas and having a vision of some sort. So in the process of that, surely you've identified or started to build some ideas around how you maybe want your teams to play and what kind of coach you want to be or in that respect. 
what would you, you know, how would you describe that in terms of playing a playing style and for or a, an ideal playing style? Um, yeah, that's what I mean because it, it comes down to your budget and who you got there and things like that. So, um, and for me, I love, I love quick football, and yeah. I can't, I can't really get away with, but, but quick football with control. Sure. With and control and balance. With Arsenal as well? Yeah, a, bit of, a little bit. Just mimic Arsenal. Quick football. I mean, people you know, People say football's quick now. I mean, we were playing quick football then. You know, we, we're, we're quick guys then. There's a lot of quick guys, mentally and physically, who move, shift the ball. You know, um, Realize the pace and how quick I was always thinking about right? it's unbelievable. It's um if you actually put what, how we played yeah. and put it mask it onto some of the top teams how they play now, there'd be not there'd be not a lot of difference, you know, in pace. And in some cases it'd be probably quicker. But anyway, I love quick football, but I love you know the, the quick breaks. I love to, you know, ex, you know, exploit, you know, when when it's out of sync and the opposite is out of sync, to be able to capitalize on, on space. I love guys who run into space or who can, who can dribble into, into space and things open up. I love all that. Uh, I do love defenders who can defend, you know, and who can pass the ball and control the ball and command it. And when it's under the cosh, they, come, they, they even they come alive even more. Uh, I love that. And I love a, a dominating keeper who dominates his box. And makes those big saves and uh, and a real and I love characters. I have to have characters, you know. Char- not you know characters in the sense that they've got a bit about them. Yeah. So I see when they're winning or they're losing or they're drawing or you know I love that. I love to see characters. I'm really I'm really a people's person when I'm managing. I want I love that team. I love kind of building a team that that can really challenge for anything. I, I love I love a build. I'm a builder. I love to build teams. I love it. So just on that then, you know, you, you've had had a few roles in your journey so far, still relatively mm. early on in a coaching or managerial career. You know, mm. as you said, you know, early 46, I'm sure. And I hope you've got many years to come. Um, had a, you know, had, yeah, had a stint with obviously Trinidad and Tobago as the assistant coach. Mm. Um, mm. And obviously first team roles, both with Southend and Macclesfield. How, how did you find it going into those roles? And then obviously, you know, we've, had, we've touched on a brief conversation at the start of this around some of the challenges that might be faced with, you know, people from an ethnic background. How did you find that, you know, I guess, emerging into what into, into those sorts of roles in the first place? I, well, the first one, obviously, Trinidad and Tobago, that came from the Dennis Lawrence. He was, you know, famous captain for, for Trinidad. He worked with Everton um, as well, and Wigan with Martinez. So, and that was his, that was the next gig. And I was doing the Welsh FA courses. And uh, he got the gig and he said, look, so would you like to get involved with the World Cup campaign? I said, yeah, perfect. I'll, I'll, I'll get involved. So I used to go over there for about 10 days and it used to be a double header. Um, and, I, you know, I learned a lot there in the sense that, you know, international football, I could have, I, I could have probably done a lot more because my international, uh, um, you know, is vast and I could have. You know, if I was allowed to, I could have, you know, even helped him more with with, with the uh, with the training. But um, I enjoyed what I, what you know, my tasks, and um, you know, I learned a lot from the players from that part of the world. It was interesting to to learn 
the psyche and, and, and how they how they think and how they how they look at football. Well, it's quite it's, some of it's quite relaxed. Um, and uh, you know, it's very kind of uh, jovial, um, but but serious. That's how they take it in a serious way. It's just a different type of way of approaching football. Uh, and you had to when you go to those areas, you have to tap into the, the to the consciousness and and the the DNA and how they how they view life. So you've got to fight. So if you go totally against the grain. You're not going to work out there for too long, or you're not going to get the best out of the guys out there. There's a way of of doing things professionally, but there's there's things that you have to tweak in there to get the best out of those guys. And that I think that I think that's the same in you know in most regions. Once you once you leave the country, everyone's got a slightly different. They're professional, but it's a slightly different psyche. Something different you have to do just to get the best out of the guys there in individual countries and definitely individual regions as well. So. I enjoyed that. Uh, played some really big games. Um, you know, America, Mexico was w- w- was good. So I got experience. It, we, oh, we didn't qualify, but for me, the journey was 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 lovely. You know, going to okay, sometimes going to uh, Trinidad and Tobago and and um, going there and, and and seeing if we can win some quali- you know, win some World Cup uh, games and playing away. So for me, going away and seeing the preparation, working with the players. That's that's valuable for me. Yeah. That-, that really is because it, it was high. It's high end football. Yeah. It's you know high level football, and and it's a, p- a possibility of of qualifying for the World Cup. Yeah, and just you know before we move on to obviously your roles with both Macclesfield and South End, something you touched on there at the start. Obviously, you've done your courses with the Welsh Welsh FA. Was there any particular reason mm-hmm. behind that, or uh, any reservations about doing it with the English? Uh, for me, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think for me, I, I just wanted to hear something different, really. I wanted to go somewhere else to, you know, um, to, you know, learn and, and see how how people do it differently and different. Uh, you know, obviously the course is the same and things like that, but it's, it's the journey within that course is always slightly different. You always end up in the same place, but it's the journey. And I think with the Welsh FA, they were allowed to, you was allowed to kind of bring your own character as well. Yeah. I, I kind of like that. Um, it wasn't too kind of. It was very professional, but there was a there was a space you can be yourself and and, uh, and become become a coach uh, because you need to have that individual uh, 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 um, not flair but something about you to 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 separate you from you know from the rest because there's always and yes you have to get results to get it it's all about the result game but you need that you know and I think players can see that and sense that that you know if you've got that character in you that you that you 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 can listen to the uh, to the uh, to the players but then there's but then they know who's the boss as well and they, and you can lead them without kind of dragging them as well yeah that that's that's what i like you know the welsh you know you bring your own character and you don't you don't strip away everything away from you you know that's the worst thing as a as a player and as a coach if coaches strip Everything out of you, and you become like almost a robot. I don't want to. I don't think. Well, I don't think football is about robots. Is it's about characters and and applying your skills and, uh, and and building teams to kind of win or or, or whatever. So just on that, then you know, if we go back now towards your roles, both Macclesfield and Southend, how how would you able to maybe take some of that stuff and what did you feel that worked for you in those roles, or what you know, having now come out of those roles, what would you say you maybe could have done differently? Macclesfield was 
probably one of the difficult jobs I've had so far, for sure. You know, um, and also the pressure of, of my first role as a football manager. And, you know, some probably say, probably say, what did you Some probably say, I'm going to get out of that. Um, but I just felt, you know, I learned a hell of a lot. And, and the main thing for me is I saw the players. When I saw the players, how they were training, I saw there was something about them. They had a little bit more left in them. They weren't all gone. Yes, the results weren't going their way. And yes, everyone was probably saying that, you know, dead and buried and they're not going to get out of, out of that situation. And um, I, I took it on because I, 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 I saw the train and I saw there was something else there. You know, and then when I got in there, there was lovely, it was lovely to see the players who came up from, from, from the, uh, the, the division below uh, still had that pride about them that we can't be a team that's going to drop back down again. We can't be that team. We can't be this. And that, for me, I felt, I felt that. Yes, they needed to streamline a lot of stuff and get fit and, you know, individual players needed to kind of, you know, have worked on and, 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 uh, and then also motivation as well, motivation and believing in them and say, you can do this guys. And, uh, and coupled with that, that, that their own self kind of, um, you know, self-respect, we don't want to go down. We don't want to go down. And I felt that that was nice. And it was, obviously there's a bit of rough and tumble, you know, I'm used to that as well you know, in, in, in the changing rooms and, and it, sometimes it flared up and we had to calm it down. But as long as no one's going over with a black eye, you know, it's, it, you know, it, it, there was a passion in there and I loved that. And the players, you know, I have to say that they're, they're done incredibly well. And obviously sometimes if you if you come up from, from, from the league below, and then all of a sudden you're losing. You just you're in the you're in the like a like a you're in like a vortex. You just can't understand why we're we losing all the time. And you, they probably just needed like me, someone like me, to just come in and just hey, take that vortex away and just calm the thing down and just concentrate what we need to do to win games to give us a the best possible chance of staying up. And you know, and I learned a lot about myself. Yeah. I was just going to ask you then, do you feel like that the fact that you had a, a career yourself as a player, that that maybe helped you at times? Uh, no, I had to, I had to go back to my East London days, my growing up days, you know, um, empathy, understanding, because there's all sorts of problems off the field there at, at, at Macclesfield. So it wasn't just football, it was off the field stuff. You've got to be, I'm not saying you have to be a psychologist, but, you know, or agony are, but you, you, you've got to, you got to have all those tools and I've got all those tools and I, I could take, you know, some of the guys and, and say, no, oh, you know, we are going to get out of this. And, uh, and you, you need to have that side in football, especially down there. I think all, all levels, but especially down there where, where everything seems to be against you. Everything's against you. And I've come from, I've come from nothing. So it's almost, you know, you, you go back to when, you, you know, you, you have to, those memories of me, you know, fighting my way up to the top and uh, training really hard and knowing that I, I don't know, you know, where my next pair of trainers are coming from. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I, I kind of went back to the old East London Plasto Stratford days. And yes, I had the technical bit, football side, but 
both you really needed the other side as well to get to get the players on your side, get them believing they can stay up, um, really motivate them, show them the way, show them hope. You know, even if we're losing the, or losses and you know and 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 you know games that we should have won or we missed chances and things like. Captain going myself, no coach himself. I mean, it took a lot out of me, like, you know, emotionally, it took a lot out of me, you know, really stripped me down proper, really stripped me down because there's so many things happening and, and moving parts. And I had to literally do, do it by myself. And uh, the satisfaction in the end of staying up was just overwhelming. I was crying at the end. I was crying with my wife. I just, it was just emotion because everybody thought you, you won't be able to get out of this soul. You don't get, you're in a black hole. You're, you're in a vortex. You, this vortex gripped this club. It's, it's going down. You ain't getting out of this soul. That's it. But I showed them we can. And I showed people, I did change the mentality. I did, you know, win massive games or big draws away from home. I had ups and downs, you know, some players not playing or strikes and things like that. So I had to deal with a lot of stuff, you know, lack of payment and things like that. So all these things started hitting me, but I had to turn it around. And, um, and we did as a team, as a team. And that's the thing, as a team. I think just on that, you know, you, you being, I guess, a leader in that, in that moment, and what I really take away from what you're saying is that you really have to try and connect with them on a deeper level than just football. Yeah, yeah. Really, tell, you know, like you said, you know, tap into their psyche and understand like, what, what would they be going through now. You know, it... but also I had to know when to cut my losses with some people. Sure. Yeah, because I knew that if I couldn't have time to, you know, muck around, and because we had like you know eight games left. Now I got I got time for this. We need to win games, and you're not pulling your socks up. The others are. You know, you're on this train. Or you're off. I couldn't. I didn't have four or five games to uh, understand someone if they were on on uh, on the same page. You're on the page, and you're going with this group of players who who say uh, are definitely on the page. But if players did come in from, I don't know, we, we've got a few loans in. If they weren't active, if they weren't up for it, I could not allow one person to really derail the whole team. Mm. So do you, as a manager, you got to know when to. If someone comes in, no, it's not happening. To the side. The rest go on because you've got to stay up. Yeah, and you know, just to, you, you talk there about having some of the other challenges, obviously being at Macclesfield, where I think it ended up being a situation where some of the people, some of the people at the club weren't getting paid. How, how does that? How does that have an impact on you? Well, you could, of course it does. You have to, you have to motivate. You have to say, look, look, I know because everyone's got their problems. Everyone got their problems, and uh, especially at, at, at that level. You know, it's exacerbated. You know the the, the problems if, if people are not getting paid and or on time. So you know, I had to deal with a lot emotionally. I had to deal with a lot of the players, and um, I had to some. I had to really, you know, get them round to say, hey, football. You know, you will get paid, and football is there for you. You know, but sometimes it was difficult, and sometimes yeah, sometimes they didn't train because they wanted to put their foot down. And and in the way, I showed a bit of character as well. You know, I got it. You know, sometimes it, you know, it was, it was, it, it wasn't the, you know, if it, it felt like, gosh, last minute dot com, this has hit me. Yeah. I really got to adjust, and that's where you find who you are as a as a as a as a person. You you have to start again, and uh, and when you're in those environments, 
nothing straightforward in football at, at that level because every single you know day there's something new happening that you have to you know um, you know organize or or, or sort out uh, or or rectify or adjust and it's just constant and when you haven't got the funds to kind of do this or the time you really have to think on your feet and you know just to kind of build on that then you know you, you, you so you've had a, a relatively successful time there in, in the end you know managed to gather a group of players from what could have been potentially a lot worse you've left august 2019 i believe yeah and then you move you know. without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So within a couple months, you've moved up to South End. How did that move come about? What was, what was that like? That move was, that came about because they were looking for a manager, they had a few games that didn't go well. They were looking at other other managers, and and it was a hard, it was obviously it was a you know it's a bigger club, uh, but they're in a you know a division above, but they were in a similar similar situation. Um, I think the higher you go up, uh, the harder it gets if you're in that situation. You really gotta you know have a good bunch of lads. You, basically, you gotta get a good bunch of lads who've just gone through a bad time. And um, at that club, it was, it was, you know, there was, there was far too many problems for, for me to, and, and too many uh, fires to put out. And that's, I think that's one of the reasons. And then obviously got cut short because of the pandemic. And, and um, you know, you think you could, as soon as you start to get going, you had, we had to stop and it was, and then it was calculated, you know, everything was calculated. But, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I would say that, I've learned from that experience is, is, is that, um, you know, you, you, you want to be, you know, you're only good as nothing. You're only good as your players. You're only good as your players. Um, and you need, you need the right attitude. You need the right attitude. And, then, and, and if there's not, say, you say you've got, I don't know, say two, three, uh, with the right attitude, there's not enough. You need, you need, a, you need like 10 to kind of really turn everyone around. Uh, especially when you're in that position, if you're mid-table, you can you can take away, you can you can look the other way, and and and, and you're fine. You're mid-table, but when you're at the bottom, everyone has to be pulling together. And if you've got, you know, so many people not pulling together, it's a tough job. Mm. You know, just, you talked there about it, it being a tough job. Um, I just want to kind of move over to a slightly different topic now, and something that you've been quite vocal about in the past um, around the lack of opportunities for coaches from ethnic minority groups what are your thoughts on that and obviously you know having been in the game for a number of years both as a player now as a coach um, and more recently as a manager do you feel there's been any change there you know would you mind sharing some of the experiences that you've been through and the challenges that you had in terms of trying to break into the I guess the 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 coaching or the technical you know the off-field side of stuff as opposed to being a player you know if we look at the I, I just think what's happened is over the years, I think the media and you know, when I say the papers and TV and radio, they've got a big, big, um, they've got catch up. How, 
And it has been already, you know, um, I think uh, the PFA did a, I think it's a Swedish or Norwegian company, did a, um, a report on how presenters around like the, the, the main five or six um, uh, 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 football regions, how they portray black and, you know, ethnic, um, you know, players. And, um, and that was really damning, that report. It, it basically said that if you're, say, darker skin or whatever, and you're strong, you're a beast. You're, uh, you're at, oh, he's just, you know, he's this, he's that. And, but then if you're slightly lighter colored and you do something uh, in a nice way, it's always finesse. It's all intelligence and things like that. And that's really sad. That, that literally subconsciously over the last say 10, 20 years, that's gone into people's psyche. That's gone into the, into the, into the now CEO heads and owners around the world. And if you're big and black, you can't be intelligent. You know, it's just, it's quite, it's just for me. And if you're, I don't know, you're sent forward or, or, or there is certain, you know, certain things that they say about being big and black and sort of forward of it. There was intelligence as well. Yeah. And that's the thing. They've got it all mixed up. You can be big, you can be black and you can be intelligent. I mean, what is this? It's, and then if you're big and white and, oh yeah, he's really intelligent. It's unbelievable. And they actually did the report and it's a damning report of all, some of the, you know, the main, um, uh, how uh, commentators, commentators, newspapers, you know, and now some of them are checking what they say now. It's nice that they are checking. I don't know what's happening in Europe, but definitely in England now, you know, Sky Sports, they are really conscious of, of that because it does sneak, it seeps into the consciousness of people. Just on, on that. And fans, and fans. So in the end, who picks the new, uh, who picks the, either the fans really gunning for someone yeah. And obviously the CEO, blah, blah, blah. But the fans, that's it. That's, that's been fed into the fans over the last 10, 20 years. It's, it, it does affect how fans look at a player. Hmm. And I think, you know, so they've got, you know, they've got a catch-up. There's, there's a catch-up. There's a, there's a rebooting and, and, and rectifying of that and start, you know, talking in, in, a, in a nice, intelligent way with people who are non-white. I think that's, that's the key. You know, it's, uh, for me, that really, I think that, that type of stereotypical has, has, has affected people like me. Mm. And just, you know, just on that then, you know, you, you talked there about how people are now, I guess, checking themselves to some extent. How, how much of that do you think is genuine? Or as opposed to them mm. having to check themselves because maybe they don't want to be then dragged that if that makes sense hmm. i think some are definitely being consciousness of it, conscious of, of this um we were we were only we will know in the next say two three years how it all pans out i think the people now who have to really check themselves are the new ceos the new sporting directors the new owners the old owners they really got to reach out and start you know opening up themselves to to new people coaching their football teams or that needs to change um 
the mentality needs to change. Um, you know, that, you know, the fans, the fans have to change. Mm. They've got to start changing. The fans, they've got to start changing. Just, just on that then, you know, if you wouldn't mind, maybe share an example where you felt maybe you've been a direct, you've had a direct, uh, you've been directly, I guess, targeted for racism, especially within a football context, whether that be as a player or a coach in that respect. I think most players, black players have been, that's happened to them. Most of them. Most of them. And I can't, I don't know one black player who's not been racially abused either, you know, in my time, in a way, maybe not so, you know, the ones are probably 10 years younger than me, who knows? Or, or now it's more probably on social media now. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, most players have had something, either if it's abroad or here, you know, in, in the UK, it's happened for them, you know. It happened recently, you know, with, with, with players. So, um, you know, it, it, is it, re- it going to go away? No. Are we going to do something about it? I hope so. Are fans going to, well, when they eventually come back into the stadium, are they going to start doing that again? I hope not. You never know. So, you know, I feel where are we going as, as, as human beings and social, that's, that's, that's key because that's just a you know, it's, a refle- it's like a reflection. So we've got to get better as human beings, really. I, I get supporting your club. I get that. Support your club, you know, that's good. But once it goes to that level, when it when you try to demonise and try to characterise someone for their colour or or whatever, that's when I say to myself, well, now now it's, now it's not football anymore. Mm. Now it's not football. You, you know, you're not you're not a football supporter. You're using the football to camouflage who you really are. Mm. Now definitely, now, you know, just kind of you know, kind of build on that. Then you know. Outside of that, I was just interested to know within your own personal journey what maybe some of the biggest challenges that you've faced are and maybe how about how you've gone about dealing with them if it's something you've dealt with or it might be something you're currently dealing with. The biggest challenge for me is um, people letting go of my career. Let go of my career. Let go. Don't let my career, you know, good or bad, you know, um, kind of misguide you look at me of what I what I can do and I will do for your club that's what I want you know because sometimes I feel if I if I said I've done this I've done that and you know I've won this I won that but obviously it hasn't helped me (laughs) it hasn't helped me I've won a lot and it hasn't helped me so <laughs> what's going to help me then? You know, I think the main thing is just look, you know, see what I can do for your club because obviously by what I've won, it's definitely not going to help me. It's obviously it's not helping me because if it was about giving me an opportunity, you know, Premier League a couple of times, FA Cup four times, unbeaten, you know, first black guy to score, uh, first black player to score in the World Cup final, first Black player to lift the uh, lift any cup, captain at Wembley, you know things like that. First 
um, black guy to score in a champ English in a in a English speaking in a in a Champions League final. So if it was all about that, then I'd be in a job now. But obviously that doesn't come into it. So what does come into it? Is it my colour? Is it my, what, what I stand for? Or is it I'm too much? Am I, I'm not cowering. I'm not kind of, you know, want to be, you know, be the smallest person in the room. I can't. Look at the size of me. I can't. Mm. But talk to me. Find out more about me. Don't listen to hearsay. Don't listen to next man. Don't listen to someone who probably knew me 10 years ago. Listen to me. Listen to me. See, hear the passion. Listen to my, my views on football and things like that. See what I do, how I do it. And then make a decision. Don't make a decision with someone who's got access to grind. You can't be doing that. So that's what I find in a way. Definitely. And I think I, I totally understand what you mean. Because, you know, as a person and just in general, you, know, you change over time, you develop, you grow. And, you know, if they are, mm. I guess, looking at you and reflecting on your, your you know, the person you are today based on what you did 10, 15, 20 years ago, then you never... You can't do that. Who's the same? Who's the same last year? Let alone 20 years ago. Yeah. Same. 100%. So, you know, just, just on that, then, you know, mm. I think that's a really important message. And I think, it, you know, for, for, for everyone to kind of consider and, you know, just thinking about important messages, I'm, I'm curious to know over the course of your journey, then, you know, who's maybe some of the major influences have been for you, both as a player and obviously now as a coach and as a manager. And maybe what biggest lessons you have taken away from those people? You know what? There's a guy called Len Cheeseway. He's passed away. Um, he was like a Charlton and Tottenham scout. He came and watched watched me against you know New and my district and things like that. And he really wanted to kind of say, "Hey, come down and blah blah." blah. And he really believed in me. Um, you know, he he was a, he was a big influence. Um, I said the next influence for me coming into 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 football was Lily Shaw. You know, Lily Shaw was for me um, National Sports of Excellence, Sports of Excellence, started by the FA. I was based in Shropshire for two years and that was a fantastic thing for me, 14 to 16. Um, I learned a lot. I had skill, I had all this, but I didn't have the fitness. But I worked on my fitness, that got better. And organisation, you know, I was organising my head, but I need to have organised around, organisation around me. And that created that organisation around me. So then, you know, for me, I, I kind of flourished in those type of environments. You know, you have the skill, you have people really want to train you, you have the excellence kind of playing against top, top uh, teams up and down the country, as really sure, and then sometimes traveling away to play for your country. But you have a proper environment around you that it, that is excellence, and you have to go for it. And obviously, I was deficient in a few things, but I worked on those things. And at the time I came to 16, you know, I was a different type of player, you know, all, all, all together. You know, that was really good. And then when I got into the first team, um, you know, we won the, uh, I, I played the under-18s um, championship in England uh, in 1993, and we won it. And we had, I don't think we'd have won that for like, I don't know, like over 10 years. And... Um, and so I was, we won it and I was thinking, oh yeah, I've got a couple, you know, got a couple more weeks off or whatever. But then I got a phone call and this uh, Aussie idealist and Steve Perriman, new managers of, of Tottenham said, hey, you've got to come in. So what you mean? I need a holiday. You've got to come. 
<laughs> so literally finished that. I, was, I think it's a week. I had to go. I had to go for like a halfway through the preseason. So uh, it all started from 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 there. And those guys were brilliant for me. You know, Stevie Perriman and uh, Ozzy Idealist. They were really. They love. They love. Obviously, they love football. And but they love to see young players do really well. I mean, it, it, it brought a joy to them, and they they worked and they helped me out. I think Stevie P helped me out with some of my training sessions, and Ozzy was there doing some training sessions with me. And he, they just love young players who wanted to keep on training. You know, after everyone's gone and they worked on things, they love to see that. They said, "Yeah, good attitude." He's, he knows what he wants. So you know, those guys were really important to me. And then later on, Arsene Wenger, you know, was 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 definitely really important for me. He had organisation and uh, he slotted, slotted in all the characters to, to play a beautiful football. And he had the philosophy. He wanted, you know, on the ground and move the ball very quickly. He was one of the first guys to really move quick, the ball quickly on that level, on that level. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved all that. And, you know, just kind of, as we start to wind down, I'm interested in to know just a couple of things, really. First of all, you know, if you had to leave some messages and, you know, I guess going back and speak to some at certain points in your life. Um, firstly, when you actually, you know, got into that environment as a player, you know, you're talking there about 14 to 16 going away with England. Um, you know, I'm sure over the years, having both experienced it yourself and seen others go through it, there's probably some messages that you would have maybe wished that you could have go back and give yourself potentially. Um, you know, just if I give you a couple points to kind of go back to, you know, that 14 to 15 time. What one of the things, um, one of the things would be when the opportunity comes and you're ready, you think you're not ready, but you will be ready. Football moves so fast. One minute you could be like an 18 year old, 19 year old, and you're thinking, oh, I want to stay here, whatever. And then someone, someone comes in and says, look, we want you, you're top player, we believe in you. If it's the right club and it's the right situation, and only one or two things are bothering you about it, go for it. Because those one or two things will disappear as you go on. Mm-hmm. You know, there's sometimes, there's opportunity that, that, that comes to some guys and they turn it down. They turn it down and, 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 five, ten years later, they regret it. So I think there is, there is the moment of knowing when to move from a club, to move, your, move who you are as a human being, as a footballer, challenge yourself and see how far you can go. And that's what it's all about. If you're a top player, you want to move up. It's okay if you're a top club, you don't need to move, and there's a lot of funding behind you or around you to pull bring players around the world into then you just stay where you are. You'd be like a Ryan Giggs, you just stay where you are and, and you're happy because you know, man, not he's got enough money, you keep on putting bringing people in, and then you're lovely because you're you're a skillful player, you don't have to move anywhere. Thanks very much. Great. But not everyone's got that luxury. Sometimes you have to move to win. So uh, you know, it's all about when the right moment comes to go for it because the career is so short. And sometimes you've got six years to make it happen. Others are lucky, they've got 15 years. Not everyone's got that luxury. Mm. You know, that's just obviously enough looking at it from a, a playing perspective. And I'm sure some of that will obviously lend itself to be you know, in, in a coaching capacity or a managerial capacity. Too. Yeah. Have you got any, with any particular, I guess, messages that you would, if given the opportunity to, 
go back and maybe give yourself around the coaching aspect and the managerial aspect. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I, mean. I had a situation doing play coach, and I'm thinking, should I have taken that? Because then that would have been starting as play coach at 31. That's a possibility. You know, I don't know how that would have turned out you know, as a player coach. It was a real possibility. So I was thinking, you know, I look back and said, should I have taken that? You know. That's something I, you know, I think six years before doing a player coach, maybe I should have done that. I don't know. You know, just just on that, you know. But because my my I wasn't done, you know, I'm still healthy, 31. I'm thinking if I'm doing a player coach, I'm winding down. Absolutely, my head was always thinking that. If you start coaching, you're winding down, so, you know, what are you doing? You want to be, you still got five years, you're still fit. And then I proved, in the end, I proved myself wrong, right, in the sense that, you know, I went to Portsmouth, you know, I won, you know, FA Cup, I had a great time there, Europe, went back to Arsenal, scored a Champions League goal in, 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 in one of the group stages. So, you know what I mean? So, then I went to Newcastle. So, when I look at it, I, you know, okay, Newcastle wasn't the best, but it was still a part of my journey. I don't know. Mm. It's like, there was a possibility, yeah. You know, so just obviously, you know, you, we're now in a, in a lockdown. How does Sol Campbell keep himself motivated? Motivated, I've got, you know, I've got my family here, um, but I'm doing things. I'm still trying to, you know, watching football when it comes on. Uh, I'm still probing away, see what I can, you know, manage wise. So I'm still there in the mix. Um, I'm trying to organise me getting to some training sessions and some games. I'll be just sitting in the corner watching some youth football as well. A couple of friends are in some, you know, good youth team, uh, and maybe I can ask them if I could just be in a corner and so social distancing, and I can take my notes. So I'm, I'm trying to, you know, stay in and talk to talk to my football friends and you know, ex colleagues, and and just stay in the game and like these conversations as well, you know. Uh, what, you know what we're doing here so I'm, I'm still there I'm still motivated I've got passion I've, I, I dream about football I dream about managing football um, it frustrates me you know the situation I'm in because I, 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 I want a job um, I want to get back into management um, but it has to be the right one this time it has to be a, a something that gives me a chance to show what I can do you know, it, it needs to be the right, I'm not going to just, you know, just take it and, and not think about it. I, I want to be in the right environment, take the right job um, and make a go of it and and, uh, and do something special. Mm. And just to kind of build on that thing, you know, you get there about, you know, forecasting where you might end up next in that respect. What, what were some of the things that maybe you as a coach uh, or as a manager from your experience that maybe other coaches and managers potentially listening to this conversation that, maybe start to consider that is almost needing to be in place in an environment before stepping into an opportunity, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, we have to, you have to, I'm not saying you have to do due diligence, but it's kind of, because they're doing a due diligence on you. So you've got to do it that that way around, because if it's not right when you get in there, you're always going to feel that you're against the tide. So you want to be in an environment that, as soon as you get in, you feel so comfortable. Not comfortable that you lean back and you're not working hard, but that's one less thing to worry about. Right, let me get on and let's get my job done. You know, I need to win games. I need to turn around this team. I need to get this team fit. I need to get this team playing. I need to get this team scoring. I need to get this team defending. Whatever. 
you know what I mean? I need to get them singing from the same hymn sheet. I need to get the right mentality ingrained in there. So they're hard to beat. They're really resolute. I need to kind of, you know, get this player and do a bit more coaching with him. So I see that, I see something special in him or these guys, a little bit of training here, tweaking within a month, these guys are firing. That's what I want. That's what you want. You've got to assess very quickly what you're going into. You know, sometimes you have to take a job because, you know, you, you want to get started. But then for me now, I really got to be selective. And in a bad way, but just some teams, you know, you get, you get two teams and it's just how the team is made up. What players are actually there? Because if you, if you haven't got enough money to bring players in or the loan market's not there, you, you, that's it. You're stuck with those players. And if they're not firing all cylinders or something, you know, you just have to tweak it to make them great again. Then if you've got the sub, another side and the players are, no, I'm not saying all over the place, but a difficult scenario, but more money, it's even harder to turn that around mm. with the more money and players are really, really difficult because you get in there and you try to change that mentality. That might take you 18 months. You go, I've got 18 months. I, mean, I might be out of the air by then. Yeah. So you've got to choose which ones are going to move you forward very quickly and the least amount of work to get them firing. Definitely. I think, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head there in just looking at doing your due diligence on the environment you're going into, but you know, and, Yes, it's great to have opportunities, but it's also got to be the right opportunity. And I think that's one of the keys mm. to kind of take away from what we said there. Just on a, a final note then, you know, yep. so as we start to kind of leave off then, if I gave you 60 seconds now to kind of wrap up one golden nugget for, you know, the listeners to kind of take away and consider applying in their own journeys, what would that be? For me, it's all about um, being yourself. Because in a job, in a football job, if you're trying to, if you if you get a job by false pretense, not being yourself, I don't know how long you can last. There's so much pressure in football. You got to be yourself, and if you're the self and they pick you being yourself, then that's that's a, that for me. That's 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 like you know I'm five steps I'm five steps ahead already, mm. and then you know be truthful to the players, because if you're not, but truthful and no, tell them the boundaries and things like that by your actions and how you carry yourself. Because then that's ultimately how you, how you, how you, once you step into that club, they know where you're going. They know the parameters. They know the, 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 the slack. They know when there's no slack. You know, that's what you want because then you start to kind of, the mentality starts to change very quickly. And all about once you step into this area, it's work. It's work time. Yeah, a bit of banter, but it's work time. And that's what I like to do. You know, as soon as I go into the club, I, I, I command that, that, that type of focus. Uh, but with banter. And I find the balance between banter and focus on your job. Do you know what I mean? Looking after your body, making sure you do this, making sure you do that. You know, don't overstep the mark. Don't, you know, don't go out the night before, you know, a game, whatever. Do you know what I mean? I, I command that in a nice way, you know, in a spiritual way and how, how I'm, you know, how I carry myself as a stat, my stature, you know, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to, as soon as I step through the door, I'm, I'm in business. I'm in business. I'm here to win the game, but yes, I got I got compassion, empathy. But hey, then I got let's let's get this work done together, guys. And I about or me bringing the team together and being a real good like a family, a family. Definitely. There you go, guys. You have it there. The biggest message from the day: just be yourself. Mm. You know, go with that passion and and, and commit to the goal and drive. 
you know you should be able to cool. achieve everything you set out for yourself Thank you again for your time today. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, there you have it, guys. It's another edition of the Coaches Network Insight Series, where we sit down with experienced individuals across the multiple disciplines within the coaching world, hoping to explore their journeys and key insights in order to package away some golden nuggets that you can apply to help you reach your full potential. I've no doubt that you've enjoyed today's episode as much as we have, but I just want to say thanks again for tuning in. The support is much appreciated. Please do get in touch with us and today's guests. Let us know where you're listening from to share your thoughts, views and key takeaways from today's show, along with any suggestions you may have for guests or future topics on the show that you'd like to hear discussed. Ultimately, guys, the show is about yourselves. The content is for you and we just want to continue to create that great content. On that note, get in touch with us on Instagram at The Coaches Network and on Twitter at The Coaches Net. And if you want to touch base with Coach Ben, he's available on Instagram and Twitter at FocusBXN. Lastly, guys, keep an eye out on our socials for the latest updates and announcements for upcoming guests and discussion topics with the panel. And until next time, guys, take care. The Coaches Network, bringing the game together. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.